3: Welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> Nobody likes us, everybody hates us. Guess we'll go and watch wrestling. I'm Adam Wilmore. <laughs> 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 I'm <not> sure. <laughs> Joined by Phil James and Michael Hanflut from What Culture, to discuss all the goings-on in wrestling this week. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh. AW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, round table discussions, and a round of the week complete with the big Quiz, of course, on Wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hanford and Phil Chambers. And I should start by explaining that initial excellent song to start the podcast <laughs> with. Yep. Because uh, now, apparently, Michael Hanford, AW fans hate us, question mark?
2: Yeah, too bad, because we're still going uh, <laughs> to provide... Um, the best analysis, the number one in the podcast charts, ranked analysis on all your wrestling, AEW, WWE, I say all your wrestling, that's not technically true, the wrestling that draws. The wrestling <laughs> that gets us, our audience, but the big two North American promotions. Um, it was a weird day yesterday following a dynamite that subjectively wasn't that great. and no. um, I, I don't think, I don't want to admit it's all about us, it's these podcasts for listeners, and not for our ginormous swelling egos. <laughs> but there was various coverage across what culture, and I think elsewhere as well that suggested this was uh, weaker than your average dynamite. And uh, I don't know what happened after that. It seems like a show that is so good so often um, doesn't maybe uh, steal its fans for the weeks where it doesn't go so well, and the response that might come from that. Like it's obviously been a long time since December twenty nineteen like AEW hardcores who seem to have just as many foibles as the WWE ones, <laughs> yep. unfortunately. Uh, to try and sort of tie a bow around it, um, I don't have mega fans, but the unfortunate souls that follow me on Twitter will forgive me for this. Um, this is tired, this take, but criticism when it's in good faith and critical analysis when it's in good faith um, is a good thing. Mm. Raw, SmackDown, to a lesser extent, NXT 2.0 can sometimes be incredibly hard to feel passionate about because WWE have made it their modus operandi to beat that out of you. But that's why they lost the Monopoly. It's okay to hold Tony Khan's feet to the fire once in a while. It's okay to hold AW to higher standards because a lack of standards in the first place is possibly why there was a need for a Monopoly-breaking yeah. opposition <laughs> in, the, in the first instance. Um, if there's another terrible Dynamite, if Dynamite continues to have a run of unfulfilling second hours or matches or angles that don't feel so great. The continued constructive criticism, I believe, will still be okay because it's all right to want the best out of your entertainment. Nobody is loyal to any one individual company. I would like to think if people felt the quality of the What Culture podcast dipped, which will never, ever happen. (laughs) If the quality ever dipped, people would go looking elsewhere for the podcast. There might be one or two more wrestling podcasts. I never scroll below one on the charts. So there could be more. Apparently, there's a top 200, but these 199 ones are a mystery to me. Um, But yeah, like that's the point of all of this, is that you choose how you spend your time, how you spend your money and you're entitled to feel differently about those
3: choices. Yeah, I've talked a lot about this, so I won't talk too much on the Rampage preview uh, about this backlash that we received for subjectively analysing a wrestling I saw a lot of this yesterday. But I, I feel like... You know, it's the first time I felt the, the pendulum swing the other way so much we get called AEW shills and what have you I call it as I see it, I like to think I'm a relatively positive person when it comes to shows, always trying to see the best in money or, now, or whatever is put in front of us, I think also it speaks volumes that Miller has immediately regretted his new counter on ups and downs <laughs> as a result of this dynamite show,
1: it comes with the territory on Monday Night Raw, it shouldn't come with the territory on AEW. Yeah, absolutely, I was chatting to Miller about this on Wednesday, like as soon as I saw Dynamite in the morning was like hey you're gonna have some fun with your counter today and he genuinely (laughs) had to create rules for his own counter that he created on this stupid (laughs) internet review show so that he could like make a differential between interruptions and run-ins in matches because otherwise it was just gonna go absolutely crazy so he's created these own rules and it's almost like AEW. Saw his counter, and we're like, this guy, let's mess with him. (laughs) Always having those bloody signs.
3: They've
2: doubled
1: all of the like counters. Nice counter, hold my white claw. (laughs) (laughs) They've doubled the interruptions that WWE have managed all year. I I know, I say all year, it's been two weeks. Yeah, Uh, But (laughs) even then, it's been two weeks, and there's been Mm -hmm. 21 interruptions across WWE and AEW. It's a massive crutch, and AEW lent on it way too much on Dynamite, and it really, really showed. And that's where a lot of this um, anger's come from I guess uh, but like the biggest thing I think here is that there's a wider problem here with like, sort of a realisation in sort of wrestling Twitter and fandom and things and they've finally figured out that we're not actually on Tony Khan's payroll what and this long standing belief that they've all had has just been shattered and that's where all the well, frustrations come
2: explain, from explain Phil the giant cardboard checks behind your desk <laughs> <laughs> because I just I'm sure I saw TK's initials on them
1: I also <laughs> liked the
3: response to our uh, round table discussion which I had a lot of fun doing with you and, and Andy yesterday um is AEW in trouble people's taking it like we said AEW is in trouble I was <laughs> positing a question yeah. that they've been in a slump for a while and people are like huh, I don't think they've been in a slump but well, objectively they have been in a slump without question and we acknowledge the fact that it's not been a slump throughout the show that'd be a real you know problem in mm-hmm. AEW there have been flashes of sensational stuff yeah in the last weeks months whatever you want to say you know, you can't have Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, CM Punk, etc., come in and it just be like, yeah, it's just sort of rolling on, isn't it? Like, when you have Brian Danielson wrestling on telly, chances are it's probably going to be pretty good. But in amongst all that, we described it as sort of papering over the cracks. And yet, simply positing that question led to people wanting to burn you, Andy, and Sid <laughs> at the stake, basically.
2: It remains um, the home of, like, Understilled pro wrestling brilliance like I would say probably nothing else in the world but I say that only predominantly as an AEW WWE, and New Japan watcher I don't want to speak for Stardom which seems to be in form and Noah which is getting a bit of headlines at the moment um, it remains the destination for that and it also remains the destination for interruptions that are blowing up Millers New Counter for storylines that are feeling quite played for several angles that you kind of just want them to drop cold now in place of other ones instead and like in a a line that can be applied to Dynamite as much as it can be applied to every single other conversation on Twitter, it can be both things. Hmm. Like, that, how many times do you look at a situation that has just cut social media in half and said, well, it could be both things? Exactly. Uh, like, there's a reason why there's so many memes, uh, like, gifts and memes when you type in both in the gift search, you know? And <laughs> I, I think that's what's going on here. I think a lot of people, and look, I get it to an extent. I think when I was, it, like, when I was a younger Um, more innocent man, manipulated by the World Wrestling Federation in particular, that those goddamn fossils in WCW are trying to put the mom and pop wrestling shop out of business with (laughs) Ted Turner's billions. Maybe I too was a 10, 11-year-old. was a little bit too vitriolic for my own good, but I'm pretty sure some of the people on Twitter aren't 10, 11, so maybe I'll stare in the mirror.
3: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Right, let's move on from this, Phil. Let's look ahead, because in in two weeks, we've got the premium live event that is the Royal Rumble. First of all, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that they've banned pay-per-view as a word you can use. <laughs> Where the hell did premium live event come from?
1: Well, you can't pay-per-view anymore, can you? Like, I mean, I get no, it. it makes that's that old, that it term makes, is old. It just makes sense. Premium live event (PLE). Are they going to shorten it? Do you reckon, or is it just going to be? PLE? Yeah, I, I
2: absolutely. Yeah, I hear that already, and I like yeah. the sound of it. Yeah, I also like. I will say this: um, the one thing I won't miss about pay-per-view is the people that you see online sometimes that never realized it was pay hyphen per hyphen view uh. and thought it was pay per view like even, like it's one thing for a typo or a misunderstanding or a misspelling explain to me how that would even work Do you have to cut eye holes in a newspaper and watch it through <laughs> that or something like that or read the results on a physical copy afterwards no i won't miss that but yeah the ple that seems like it's something that nick khan has been excited to like yeah, We're really excited about the PLE rollout in 2022. <laughs> yeah, as he's just he's in rows from his, like He's just seen a row on his spreadsheet there. What's that? T
1: bar? Right. PLE. <laughs> PLE. It's really going to synergize.
3: <laughs> Let's add it to the list, uh, which also includes wrestling. Oh, good. Obviously. Uh, wrestlers. You have wrestling on your wrestling show. Belt, Blood, Choke, Diva. Good job. That's not a splash, plastered <laughs> across WWE for the last 10 years. Strap. Kayfabe mofos <laughs> headshot trauma DQ. I mean, yeah, uh, the anti diva spinal injuries victim violence violent WWF. Obviously, their decision, uh, wife beater curb stomp. I think curb stomp's back now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, curb stomp's back strangle kill murder. Kayfabe house show DQ again, <laughs> push. Being over babyface heel job card, <laughs> job card. It's job a card. weird list, yeah. isn't it? I mean, this imagine is if in our the job head. they just said, "By the way, if when you're filming the news you say this word, you're not going to be doing the news anytime."
2: <laughs> I was listening to Tom Hanifan on uh, Renee Paquette's podcast. I say Tom Hannafan and Rene Paquet. <laughs> um, and he was talking about how, um, you know, he really loved his experience with WWE. He came in very young and he got some awesome opportunities, got some exposure, got to learn like great television production and see it done and be part of it. And then it's always that, you hear this from people that leave WWE, it's always that with like the gentlest, but. and then he was sort of talking about his first night on the job at Impact and he like credited Lo Brown his broadcast colleague and he credited all the people he'd worked with in WWE that are now in Impact that gave him the freedom and then the example he used which I think was really kind to WWE he said you know it's just great to be on screen and be able to say Bullet Club we weren't having to dance around it. We weren't have to say the OC, the club, whatever. And he picked a perfect example, there, hasn't he? Because that's a copyrighted term. WWE can't say that, even if they wanted to. But I think he's just making sure not to burn that bridge. Because there was when he was started talking, I imagine there was like fifty other examples. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe what I could say on the Impact paper. Uh, uh, bullet Club. We weren't allowed to say Bullet Club, <laughs> and it's just like he nailed politically the perfect thing he could have said. But you could hear. The relief in his voice, Renee again goes back to, oh, it's so weird not having Vince McMahon in your ear. Uh, weird. That's a that's a very generous yeah. take on what it must be like to have that man. Maybe he just wants to be in people's ear because you kind of have to get that close to him now anyway when he starts speaking. <laughs> Do it again, Vince.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this, this is all coming from the man. I showed you this picture earlier, Wilborn, of Chelsea Green stood outside Vince McMahon's office. and She took a selfie while she was waiting for him. So and good. the <laughs> sign on his door... Is made in what looks like 1998 Microsoft Word with like a cool dude angular font that says Vince McMahon, a clip art border, a (laughs) clip art picture of a cup of coffee, a clip art picture of like a no smoking, and what was the other thing? And a pencil. pencil, And a clip art picture of a pencil. It was one step away from using word art for his name. (laughs) Flaming text.
2: (laughs) So here's the deal, right? We often talk about WWE being a little bit archaic in its thinking. Go back and watch Wrestling With Shadows. And I swear to God, those printouts are still on the doors back then. Agent's office, uh, like creative room or something. There's a pencil. Uh, There was, like, Vince's office sometimes had, like, a Roman, like, whipping his slaves. That probably had to get rid of that. I'm not joking, right? I think around 1997, 1998, somebody said, uh, well... I think we've pretty much completed door signage technology. Print <laughs> 16 million of these and cart them around in trucks, and they're still working through them. Is the
1: peak of technology. That's it's it. They never
2: imagined that you could possibly just slide in out things, maybe put something on an iPad, on a screen, anything like that. <laughs> to this day, I think it's somebody's job to run around every door when they arrive at a building and just slap that piece of paper on the door so Vince knows where to walk when he gets. There's, like, signs. Like, there'll be signs in catering or whatever with arrows, and it'll just have those same three things on, the no smoking or whatever. Vince's office. That way, <laughs> on it like any WWE documentary, so you would good. see these pieces of paper. They're
1: brilliant. I just lovely idea that like you have to bring Vince a cup of coffee and a pencil, or you're not allowed in. I love the idea. <laughs> I
2: love the idea. He's still wowed by clipart ninety <laughs> yeah. five. Well, watch a
1: locker.
3: a? Who drew this? <laughs> <laughs> this? is incredible, and it's free. <laughs> Vince, if you write in this, you can make it look like it casts its own shadow. Oh
1: my God. Look, Vince, you can have a border and it can have little stars or little hearts. I want the hearts.
3: (laughs) How lovable. But I mentioned the premium live event there is the Royal Rumble, which goes down in in a couple of weeks, Phil. The best premium live event of the year. Indeed. Uh, and That's we've, what we've always said. We've yeah. subsequently found out that there's going to be a whole load of surprise Royal Rumble entrants, some of which have already been announced. You've got... <laughs> <them>. <laughs> that,
1: that kind of doesn't make them a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> though, <like. And
3: laughs> although, I, admittedly, when people were like, oh, they've spoiled a the Summer Rae surprise, <laughs> I was like... Yeah. Uh, Summer feel Ray- a little bit bad for you because it's one of them things where, like, one
2: of the cool things about surprises in Rumbles, I don't want to be unkind to any individual talent, so I'm not going to name names, but as much as anything... Um, if, you know, you just happen to not be a big fan or the legacy isn't to your taste or whatever, it's the music, isn't it? It's the music, like the theme hits, and if they were famous enough or they were a big deal enough once upon a time, that immediately gives you that sort of emotional response. The room goes up, the arena goes wild. Like, for a million pound in your hand right now, I could not tell you the sting at the start of Summer Rae's entrance theme. And I would be there going, like if I was in the building, who is it? (laughs) (laughs) Put the glass on and it's Like, like, nothing against Summer Rae individually, but that pop... Uh, like wouldn't it it's not like it's not a <clears throat> sorry for trampling on your wrestling toes Rainbow you know then I'm up a height <laughs> then like the drinks are in the air like those pint ticks you see when England score a goal in an international <laughs> um, tournament different beast but yeah like there's a couple of names on you this way like
3: do, do it again? Yeah. So, yeah. We've got Summer Rae, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCall. I'm so excited to see Michelle McCall, as always. The Bellas, uh, Lita. The, the better wrestler of the Undertaker household. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, now confirmed, of yeah. course. Uh, and the one I
1: really want to talk to you about, Phil, the opening of the Forbidden Door for Mickey James. Yes. Interesting one. Impact champion, women, women's champion, knockouts champion. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Nicky James, that they did not shy away from mentioning on socials and on the, uh, on the show and on yeah. everything that they've announced since, they've been, this is Impact Nogos Women's Champion. Um, this is ace. It's like, I don't know if this is just them trying to say sorry for the bin bag <laughs> incident or what this is, but like Scott Damore <laughs> tweeting it, like about time you came round to the forbidden door at WWE. It's just, it's just exciting. Like whatever happens in it, she doesn't need to be in the Rumble for that long. This is always going to be like an ace little moment. I want um,
2: about four or five women to wear and does not really spotted at the time. I oh, will, I'm a dog for this stuff. But to wear <laughs> Mickey James attire, right? And then I want her to throw those specific women out
3: like bags of trash. <laughs> <laughs> because
2: those specific bits of gear were what were delivered to her house cruelly when she was mm. released when she
3: was released last year. And there appears to be suggestions that there could be more uh stars coming, particularly on the, the men's side of things.
1: Well, I do love the now tradition, it seems, uh, of the Royal Rumble of when they're announcing some stars that are going to be in it. The women get like 30 seconds and they all just get blurted out really, really quickly and the men get to individually announce their spots <laughs> in like carefully laid out plans. Um, yeah, so I've seen punk people suggesting Punk,
3: Brian Danielson, MJF, Moxley. Who, who, who is a viable contender, you think?
2: Well, The worst thing about those pitches, it's not that they're in AEW and people are completely misunderstanding exactly where this forbidden door enters into. Like, I think they're thinking that the door's joined onto a completely different wall.
1: Um, I think, like, as much as the forbidden door might be open, it's not the actual door. It's, like, the doggy door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden cat flap. Yeah. Right yeah, like,
2: I don't know why. With no disrespect to Brian Dennison or CM Punk, why aren't people shooting for the moon here? We've all... I, I've, I, you guys are bored of this because I've been pitching this on the office for a while. WrestleMania is in Texas. Number thirty is always well, not always, but he's often saved for a big spot on an enormous. Oh pop. yeah,
3: we all remember Dolph Ziggler.
2: This is <laughs> it. Like I think we all know where I'm going here. And you've got to be realistic, but you've also got to shoot for the moon. So when Slapjack does come out, <laughs> I just think people would be like, "Why didn't I just like have the will to believe that little Slappy J himself would come in out?" I'm talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, aren't I? Like if you're gonna the go, the meaning that you gave Slapjack.
3: He's not ready to face you at the Royal Rumble. But I, I think, think you fans, know the guy, the paper plate gets flung into the car. i replace it with a different paper plate with a smiley face. On it. Back in the game. <laughs> His name is Jack Slap.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Austin? Steve Austin. Steve Austin, I think, is fun to consider, right? Because I just think they used him so heavily in the marketing of. Um, the WrestleMania like, advert that they aired during WrestleMania last year, because it's Dallas, and I understand that. But, and I will never forget the first time this aired, all we knew about Steve Austin was that he's done, and not just because he knew his value and he knew his worth and he wanted to try the things, but because that neck could not, you couldn't take a risk with that neck. Mm. Do you remember that feeling when Becky Lynch hit him with that stunner and that clip got revealed and he took mm-hmm. that like lush,
3: snapping, flat back in you?
2: He can, he can go.
3: It's if like wa- Edge doing the spirit at SummerSlam, That's it?
2: exactly it. It's like, if he wants to and if the creator's right, he can go. And I've already mapped out Steve Austin's 2022. <laughs> like, he's not a man that would piss about with bad creative, right? So he comes back and wins the Royal Rumble and you've got either Austin versus Brock, which if you remember, they half built on a podcast once, or you've got Austin versus Roman and yet another legend that Roman can potentially slay before he fights the Rock at next year's WrestleMania. Either way, there is absolutely nothing they can come up with after WrestleMania that can satisfy Steve Austin's creative, like, <laughs> thirst. So it's going to be a three or four month deal by August. Steve Austin is all elite. Get him on the graphic in a company. <laughs> then you get Austin versus Punk. What a year. Oh, what a great oh. year.
3: Don't, don't tease me. That so I'll tell you what, Andy did suggest a great suggestion for the forbidden door men's side of things, which is, and those of you playing Wrestle Culture Bingo, get ready to cross another regular <laughs> thing off. Former WCPW star, <laughs> Moose. Moose. That could work.
1: Vince would like him. Look at He's him, big He's got muzzles. Like, yeah, if they've got Mickey James in, why not? Yeah, I think this would be a really interesting thing. I think the thing with any of these things is what you actually do with them when they come in, because you know Vince isn't going to particularly want to push them. <laughs> like, he can they could throw out some goober and then get thrown out, but it's like, where does it go afterwards? Like, if there's not a plan for anything, does it? I mean, it probably he could go out in thirty seconds and it still probably help impact at this point. <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sorry, impact.
2: I think it's, um, I, there's a couple of things here. I think it's really fun to imagine names that might be in the match because you can pretty much pick from it. Like, now, Mickey James has set a precedent that you could theoretically pick from absolutely anybody on the Ross and have a bit yeah. of fun with it. It's also worth remembering that this is the same week that MLW filed a lawsuit against WWE for unfair business practices. So they are far from making friends with wrestling companies. WWE is still WWE and it still wants to be the only game in town. There will probably be ulterior motives. There might be genuinely a bit of apology booking going on with Mickey specifically. But if you look at what else has happened in Impact lately, the Ring of Honor invasion spreads that further. Maria Kanellis in the Women's Royal Rumble or PCO... Coming to WWE again with his Jean Pierre Lafitte pirate gear and <laughs> Vince's <laughs> smile going a mile wide. It's the pirate from 95. <laughs> he stole Brett's jacket. Like over the moon that he's like swung back into his life with an R and he works the rumble and he gets a quick elimination. Bruce Pritchard marveled at the fact that he's only got one eye and he can throw a ball. PCO PCO will take far harder bumps when he gets thrown over the top rope than most of the main roster. He'll go over flat back first whatever you want. (laughs)
1: Uh, My thoughts are significantly higher than all of this for the Royal Rumble though. Because I think they've like this year especially, they've got a real chance of doing a callback to perhaps the greatest Royal Rumble moment of all time. Back in the year 2000, and bringing out Scotty Too and Rikishi. Yeah.
2: I thought you were going to say know, no, <laughs> and cussing himself. I mean, that'd,
3: <laughs> that'd be the PTO bump. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we move on from the Royal Rumble match, quick question for you: Do you think with Corey Graves' brilliant news this week, he could be in it? He could do the old headset off, go around the off the announce table into the ring. I like
2: it. Um, uh, Jerry Lawler mastered it in 97 when he started a sentence, got eliminated and finished it. I was less <laughs> keen. It's cute, but I was less keen on the year that the entire announce table did it because there was a lot of comedy, and that's three spots. Yeah. That's quite heavy. Graves doing it as a way to return full-time
3: is pretty fun, isn't it? Like, he kind yeah, of... And then Pat McAfee again as so. <laughs> also great, yeah. Right, actually, I know I said I didn't want three, but I will. I mean, say he's going to be dancing, over he's too cool. And then imagine Byron Saxton being in there and being just—he's not getting eliminated straight away because I'm not that—I'm that, not that much of a bully to him as much as Vince is. He's in there. Oh, three, two, one. Who's number 30? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey!
2: <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about Corey going in, of course, is as well, Like as you were saying, the, like this AW stuff is pretty far-fetched. We don't need CM Punk. We've got CM Punk at home. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but looking at this Rumble card, Phil. Look at it. It's great. It's really good so far. Men's Royal Rumble, women's Royal Rumble, obviously. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Becky Lynch versus... Did you uh, The Grit Couple versus The It Couple. Uh, and... Roman
1: Reigns versus Seth
3: freaking Rollins. Where have they pulled that from?
1: It's a bit weird that they've completely pulled this out of their ass. Like, something happened, like, oh, crap, and then all of a sudden they've ended up (laughs) with a really good Royal Rumble card. Um, Thanks for getting COVID, Roman. Thanks for fixing everything. But, yeah, this is really, really good fun. And... Like, I don't see how this could go wrong. They've been on a massive run at the minute of, Royal, like, rumble matches as well. Like, being really fun and, like, sort of well-booked. And, like, they've all got really good spots going on all the way through. Like, they've been on a good run of booking it. And then that, with those two main events, and Becky Lynch about to get do-dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. I don't really care that Seth Rollins isn't on that roster and all that bollocks.
3: Yeah. They've uh, they've already sold me on it. And it, potentially, uh, uh, Seth Rollins' babyface, not necessarily full turn, but...
1: He's, he's called Seth freaking... Sorry, well. yes. Come on. get it right away.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's you've hit the nail on the head. You don't really care. WWE want you to not really care. When the product is bad, that is an absolutely nightmarish situation to be in. But when they're just showing you the bright colours of all these wrestlers at one pay-per-view, it's really, really easy to not care about the weekly because you've got this look to look forward to at the end of the month. In a way, this is sort of the best possible version of WWE you're going to get. Concentrate on absolutely nothing, but oh, look at the kaleidoscope! <laughs> like that, that's sort of what they exist to do
1: at this point. Tell you what, though, got Roman versus Seth at the Royal Rumble, one forbidden door thing no one's spoken about. Dean Ambrose coming back, winning the Royal Rumble, she she'll triple threat at Mania.
3: If I if that happens. You will literally never hear the end of it from me <laughs> if Dean Ambrose comes back.
2: Like, John Moxley's such a good worker. He wrote an entire autobiography, destroying the company just to complete the work so that
3: you were right all
1: along. Just to come Fair. back for a few weeks of promos before this meeting.
2: I knew he was a working-class hero, but I didn't realise got those lengths here. That is some going.
1: What a legend. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be... Right, before we get to this week's A Bloody Good Quiz, uh, we have one final thing we have to talk about, Michael Hamflat. And that is the debut of WWE's next big star. And it happened of all places. I suppose it's appropriate. It's the developmental brand on NXT 2.0 this week. Let's talk about Wendy Chu. Get in!
2: I thought we were only going to have that isolated... Did you see this, Phil? I haven't seen like, it. I thought we too. were going to have this
3: isolated to only, well,
2: the other four podcasts we've wedged this in on this week, <laughs> because NXT 2.0 is quickly being taken away from Tony D'Angelo and given to Wendy Chu in terms of these awesome gimmicks. A couple of weeks ago, uh, well, a bit longer than that, about a month ago, we saw a woman sleeping in the middle of a promo, and we're like, NXT 2.0 <laughs> is off the goddamn rails. Um, and then, as the weeks progressed, and you saw her sleeping, and you saw her waking up... We were allowed to play a game over it, which meant when we play games on the NXT podcast, it means that they are doing things regularly enough for us to justify them. They were making this a bit. Somebody was always waking her up. Somebody was always... Sometimes nobody disturbed her. One time she was asleep in the crowd. That's good looking, it? Well, she can't have been the only one. Have you watched (laughs) NXT 2.0? But like... So this was, at very least, something that was worthy of talking about on the show. And all of these madcap characters have hit. I've just used the word madcap. That's an actual superstar on the Billion <laughs> Dollar the show. These daft characters were hitting. Um, but Wendy she absolutely was, and then she gets booked for a match. And it was at this point that our listener, Hayley, made, yep. the, made the point that we're all like, that's exactly it. They are, they are kind of copying AEW's notes when it comes to Orange Cassidy, a character in their case that doesn't try that might try. In this case, the character that is asleep and is going to wake up. Not... in slippers, Phil. Like, she had fuzzy slippers over her boots. It she was onesie, incredible.
3: Fuzzy slippers, and at one point, she did the Shawn Michaels Eddie Guerrero, but not, like, posing on the top rope, sleeping on it.
2: Literally asleep. Had a, had a giant <laughs> pillow. She was in a ta- six-woman tag, and when she was on the outside, um, waiting for the... I was going to say hot tag, but i like the wake-up spot. Um, she was laying across the apron with the pillow down. Maybe she's for, got long COVID. Getting 40 wins. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is Florida, isn't it? So <laughs> but yeah, she comes in, she, it's it, again. Oh,
3: oh my God, tell me about how much she oh came geez. in.
2: So imagine the Orange Cassidy fire thing. The whole thing is the opponents don't really, like, they couldn't underestimate it. Yep. They don't really know what to expect. The opponent runs. Amari Miller? It was Amari Miller, yeah. Amari Miller, who was great because you have to sell something that is almost not believable, but you can make this sort of thing convincing in wrestling, in the context of wrestling. So she runs at Wendy Chu with a clothesline, and it's the kind of first thing Wendy Chu does. Wendy Chu has just woken up, hasn't she? So she goes, stretches backwards, and Matrix ducks in the process the clothesline. (laughs) And then you get these moves, this unbelievable series and sequence of moves. She's a good wrestler. She can go, right? Only because she wants to go back to sleep. <laughs> Stop wrestling me. I want to go back to sleep, right? There's another point that will Oh my God, it was so good. Absolutely fantastic. She's gone back to sleep. Somebody wakes her up. Mm, get off me. Kicks out. Up up, kicks <laughs> him in the face, I think. About. Like up an up kick to the face because, as you would, somebody's trying to wake you up when you're just trying to get a kip. Like, you get, if you, like, let's be honest, you would do more than trouble if you could. And Wendy Chu can because she's <laughs> because it's a job. They are going to ruin this. Yeah, so it is vitally important that we bask in its glory while we still can. Um, God, bask in glory. They ruin yep. things, don't they? <laughs> Bearcat Wendy Chew. It's, like, going to be a matter of time before this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. And I appreciate Wilborn bringing this after the Royal Rumble because I've not been able to pitch this to you specifically. <laughs> Wilborn's heard this a million times, and I'm sorry you're so bored of it. Three, two, one. <laughs> Camera pans down the ramp. The claxon has woken Wendy Chew up. <laughs> <laughs> she's, walk, she's walking Do down we,
3: You've got, like, four weeks before this is... Ruined.
2: She's walking out the ring. She's still really tired. <laughs> so she dozes off again. <laughs> Halfway down the ramp. Oh, I think you said from underneath the ring, didn't you? I said she should come from underneath she's, the ring, It yeah. turns out she's, like she's been asleep the, the, the whole time. But she's like nodded off again. The next person's entrance, that wakes her back up. And now she's absolutely livid. <laughs> she's pissed off and she fires up on that next person. That used to happen to Scotty T. what, all the yeah. time, didn't it? So yeah, the next person to come out <laughs> takes the beating of a lifetime from Wendy Chew. Like, I just got back to sleep.
3: It's like you just hit snooze. And yeah, then,
2: that's it. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. The alarm clock needs to appear on the Titantron. She presses the button and goes and gets another quick nap.
1: I'm sorry, but like, what did Matt and Jeff do to them before they left? First NXT 2.0, and now w- w- the Wendy Chew. We're getting a chew. <laughs> We're getting a chew. Yeah. We're getting a chew. We do like guys. you. You get a chew. Yeah, <laughs>
3: it's brilliant. So yeah, if you've not, if you're not a fan of, of uh, you have not been watching NXT 2.0. Quite a lot of them. It's, uh, like,
2: it's like having something in like limited stock, isn't it? Like, get it now. This is like you know, like when like sort of those books or something. I'm like, when did you NFT? One, yeah, when like one of three hundred or something? This is one of four, as in the four weeks. This will be good. <laughs> it <laughs> is.
3: But honestly, incredible. It's brilliant. If you if you do anything this weekend, go out your way to just find out what's going on with Wendy Chew <laughs> in NXT 2.0. And also, if you have not listened before, if you listen to rest Culture. Do join us for the NXT 2.0 preview, because I'll be honest, it's what? 25% genuine previewing of yeah. uh, content. 25? Yeah. That's incredible. That's <laughs> se- 75% games. <laughs> games. Zeitgeist heist. That's where we have to guess something topical. That we base try and the get on percentages the
2: show. on uh, NXT's respect for women and NXT's use of women's breasts. 25%, 75%, identical <laughs> ratios. <laughs>
3: Uh, Right, What Culture Wrestling for all those podcasts if you want to go and check them out. But enough of all this. It's now time for a... Good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by Mad Geek Tom. If you want your name associated with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz, just leave us a review on iTunes or on Spotify, I believe. Mm. We can do that now. We're going to yeah. start looking into that. Uh, but shout out to Mad Geek Tom, who left us this lovely review. Uh, the What Culture Wrestling team is my favorite team within What Culture. Screw you, What Culture Gaming. Uh, <laughs> a very high-quality podcast with a much more balanced and measured perspective on mainstream pro wrestling, while simultaneously showing that pro wrestling is also... Uh, it is also equally uh, a very nerdy fandom. The UK perspective <laughs> on wrestling is also a fresh take from the usual usual US and Canadian perspectives uh, and allows me to see things in a way that I didn't see them before within the context of pro wrestling. I definitely recommend this podcast, even if just for the news coverage within pro wrestling, but even beyond the main news head headlines, there are countless hours of great content and unique perspectives and takes that make the podcast Definitely worth listening to. Nice. What a review. That's lovely. Thank you for that mad geek, Tom. Uh, unfortunately, now, your name is going to be associated with my strange gimmicks quiz. <laughs> 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 I'm to do this week. Uh, usual rules apply, gent. Ten questions, Small sure. shout your name, wait for me to come to you. But remember, it's just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I realized this, I was panicking because I wrote this quiz. And then just before we came in, I went... Wait a second, I did a gimmicks quiz the other week, didn't I? <laughs> it was a longer long a while back than I realized, because time has no meaning. Of course. But that was like occupational gimmicks. So we're all good. Uh, uh, and I don't, uh, there's probably like two crossover questions, so that's about it. Okay, <laughs> uh, question number one. <laughs> Who is the only wrestler that Beaver Cleavage beat on Monday Night Raw? Uh, Humphrey, do you want to give us a quick recap of Beaver Cleavage? Uh, he was a
2: character based on a sitcom that I believe was in the 60s, airing yeah. uh, in Attitude Era in 1998, which was a pun about a fanny, and he was obsessed with his mother's tits.
3: She put his, her yeah. mother's milk on his cereal.
2: No one likes a sloppy beaver. Means wet vagina.
3: So That's, that's,
2: that's <laughs> the joke. That's the joke. Vince McMahon wanted to discuss a <laughs> sopping wet <laughs> vagina on his wrestling show because not all of the Attitude Era was great. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, was it, who did he beat? Was it D'Lo Brown, Christian, Hardcore Holly or Val Venus? Hamflat, Christian.
0: Yay! Oh, yes. What? Oh, get in.
3: Explains why he's a bit of a grumpy git sometimes. He beat the cleavage and then he went back to, what was he, the headbangers after that, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Got them back together. Uh, question number two. Love this man. This is only meant in full respect for a genuine surprise at this number. How old is the boogeyman? <laughs> 52, 57, 62, or 67?
1: Yeesh.
3: I mean, this is a blockbuster, whatever the answer is here. He lied he? on Tough
1: Enough, didn't he? he did. <laughs> yeah, that's right, he did, yeah. I mean, any of those, he does not look nah. it. No. What a legend.
2: Apparently, like, eating worms is the fault He use, isn't it? Like <laughs> oh, it's Jericho.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's AEW's buggy, man, isn't he? Um, Phil, why not? God, I, I genuinely don't know. 57.
0: Yay! 57!
1: Oh, he does not look it Six
0: at
2: years older than Chris Jericho. My word. I hope when I'm 57 I can do paired streams by WWE to sit and eat crisps. <laughs> that was so good, wasn't it? Like cheese and onion, paprika, really salty. <laughs> I quite like fringes. you ones. actually be really good at that <laughs> I you know? think I'd, I
3: think I'd do all right. I think I'd get an hour out of it.
2: Uh, right, <laughs> if you're listening, what culture bosses.
3: <laughs> uh, right, okay. Question number three. I'll put them in bread. <laughs> uh, one point each. Xantaclaus Claus was played by which ECW legend? Pamphlet. Uh, Balls Mahoney I was a little bit about Santa Claus
2: Whoa, Vince McMahon had a brilliant <laughs> idea In 1995 he thought, I'm going to turn Santa heel Ted DiBiase is going to own him And make him part of the corporation And what can possibly go wrong About <laughs> this gimmick That only exists one day a year <laughs> <laughs> he, he wrestled at, uh, He appeared At the December in your house Wrestled on the next Raw tape, And then somebody said It's January tomorrow boss.
3: <laughs> 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 uh, Right question four that 70s guy. Oh Mike Awesome feuded in WCW with which band was it? Nickelback, Aerosmith, The Misfits or the Insane Clown Posse? Ooh. Hamlet. I'm sorry
2: Phil.
1: It's too bad cuz
2: <laughs> I sure I've got this one and it's Nickelback.
1: No, dear, that's wrong.
2: Too bad.
3: Too bad. What were the other ones? Uh, Aerosmith, The Misfits, or Insane Clown Posse?
1: Misfits was Vampiro, wasn't it? So, not him, not them. Insane Clown Posse, maybe? Yeah, Insane Clown Posse.
3: Yay! He did. It was one of the Insane Clown Posse. Power bombed on a bus and they fell off. Oh yeah. Mike Awesome was legit awesome. Why did they give him such terrible gimmicks? That was the fact chick thriller. Yeah. And then like yeah. he was an import killer or something, wasn't it? Yeah. He? Mm-hmm. Well that was in in between that. He the fact chick
2: thriller rhymed with it, you see. Yeah. So that's why it became the yeah. Incredible.
3: And then uh and then he was and then in amongst all that he was that seventies guy.
2: But Kevin Nash on his debut. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Oh, do ICP still have a wrestling promotion?
2: Uh, uh oh, what was it called? Yeah, the Jugglo Juggalo Championship, Juggalo Championship, Championship wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> they do anymore. The Jugglers. We used to work with the Juggalo. Yes, we did. He did. I won't name him because he might not want that information <laughs> revealed about him. but <laughs>
3: Feel free to speculate on social media. <laughs> Which ex-walkers will true? <laughs> Juggalo. Uh, right, two points each, all to play for. Uh, question number five: How much did Glacier's costume cost? <laughs> uh, it's not got sub-zero, basically. I was, was going to say: it's sub-zero dollars? Uh, is it, remember, 20K,
1: <laughs> 25K, 30K, or 35K? Because I vaguely had this in my head from a list, 25K.
2: No, dear, ah. that's wrong.
1: Although that may be right. It's what I've got written down, as, as always.
2: I'll go for the, the biggest amount. Was it the fourth one?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently his entrance costs like hundreds of thousands. Of yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. But it's worth Incredible.
2: it. Six months of vignettes. He's coming. He's, he's, he's definitely coming. Don't switch over. I promise you, Glacier's going to be in a <laughs> I'm not going to switch over. The NWO one.
3: Yeah, but what
1: about Glacier? <laughs>
3: They really had, yeah. I was, it, was, it was either Glacier or the Kiss Demon that was going to get mentioned here. And yeah. then I was like, uh, everyone knows everything about the Kiss Demon because he had, I think, one match. And they were like, well, it's the main event of the <laughs> pay-per-view. <laughs> you know. It's halfway through the pay-per-view. It's time main the main event. event.
1: <laughs> Loved it. Who did he face? He faced someone. They, they had a graveyard match or something, he didn't did. they? Kiss with Demon Vampiro. did some Vampiro <clears throat> bits. I'm sure they had But it um, like, started in a graveyard and then they like caught a bus to the arena and it finished off in the arena or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh <dear.
3: laughs> Just looking at his cage match right in there. That's great. Dale, Dale Torborg? Yeah. 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 Uh, I can tell you, as I look at this. Oh, there he is. Yeah, it was uh, WCW bash at the beach, graveyard. Vampiro yeah. defeats the demon in eight minutes. Michael Buffer Incredible. might have announced that in order to fool him into thinking this was the main event. This <laughs> is the <a> main event, <laughs> yeah. but stick around because there's six more matches <laughs> after it. Uh, right, question six. Is that 3-2 to Hanford? I got that right? Halfway through? Yeah, no. uh, question six. Who did Eugene... And William Regal take the WWE tag titles from Hamplet. La Résistance.
1: Well remembered. This guy. A Eugene fan over there. (laughs) God. Right, question seven. I watched WrestleMania twenty-one or twenty-two the other day where Eugene comes out to cut a promo talking about how much he really loves little people. Yeah, although he doesn't call them little people, obviously. Yeah. Uh, of course. And who, and, ma- then, and who makes a save? And then Muhammad Hassan comes out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. It's
2: Hogan's there. Not good. It's all right. And well, then Hogan out comes right. out. Oh, thank you. Hogan, Hogan saves the day with then the then biggest the American flag for about you, five minutes. The most ginormous American flag as yeah. well.
3: It's not good. <laughs> nah,
1: Hogan's had a week, hasn't he? He's he a, certainly <laughs> he's has, a has had a week, hasn't
2: he? Oh
3: dear me. Are We buying the Bret Hart NFT.
2: I'm not. I'm not touching any of those words you just said.
3: Well, I'll tell you what you will like, which is my favorite question. It's question number seven. Uh, and it's about one of my favorite characters who they should have done far more with. What did Paul Burchill rename his C4 finisher to when he became a pirate? Was it? And don't I you, bet you had fun with this one. Don't jump in here. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. Was it? Walking the plank? Ahoy there! The Jolly Roger! Or his
1: finish R. <laughs> <laughs> All possible. Bill walk in the plank. Yay! <laughs> Should have been finish R. Finish R is way better. Way better.
3: Why didn't they? they swim to the <laughs> ring on a rope? So, I remember just thinking like, well, this guy's made for life.
1: And then, I mean, he debuted in, if you've know never watched it. If he came out with Kairi Sane and then they had the Pirate Mania at Town Tampa. What I want you to do this weekend, okay,
3: change the plan now, watch Wendy Chew, and then watch Paul Burchill's, not in-ring debut, his debut I as a debut. pirate, in a ba- in this bonkers backstage mm. segment with, like, pa- was it Palmer Cannon? Yeah, yeah,
2: network executive trying to make SmackDown more and fun. He comes
3: yeah. in, all this madness is going on, This uh, and he cuts his way, if I remember right, he cuts his way <laughs> through this wall, and you're like, oh, bloody hell, it's bloody pirate, what's he going to do or say? And he just goes... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, Mr. Cannon. <laughs> Do you
2: Another uh, example
1: of Vince being about 10 years past the pop culture. I was going to say, they've still no, got props. No,
3: because Thingy just come out. That's why they were cashing in, weren't they? Well, the was Pirates it the Mega Caribbean.
1: after that? Oh, I thought it was Mega after.
3: What
2: are we now? 2022. It's probably about a year after. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean will be well over 15 years old. They've still got all the props. Slap
3: Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, question eight.
1: Force three to, to Hamlet. He could have a whole theme of it, like at Halloween, he could be you slap Jack Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give him ideas. <laughs> uh, question eight.
3: Which was voted the best gimmick in the Wrestling Observer in the year nineteen ninety-five? I don't remember anybody playing a witch. <laughs> was it? By the way, just uh, just to just to fill you in, but I mean just get best gimmick on uh up on the Wrestling Observer because I 95, what saying, this was. Yeah, it was for the, about the past, I'm gonna say, uh, for about the past the five, six when years. It years or yeah, just <coughs> The Undertaker. Take a, take a, take a, take a, take And then one of these <laughs> people, I don't find it their, their best gimmick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. 1990, 1991, 1992, 1993, 90, all The Undertaker. All then who one. did it go to? Was it Goldust? whale and mercy disco inferno or la parka
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all
3: contenders that year. really good range <laughs> wow there.
2: Humphrey, i'm gonna go with my heart not my head because i loved him most people my age did and it never
3: worked out for him but whale on
2: mercy
1: Feeb. oh sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're going whale on
1: mercy whale mercy please no dear that's wrong <sighs> what were the other ones uh, disco inferno gold dust or la parka i feel like gold dust is too obvious and it's going to be something weird Disco Inferno, why not? Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. He did have disco fever. I don't
3: think he, I don't think he likes
1: <laughs> just, as very just much, just, Disco
3: Inferno. I'm sure there's some sort of heat between us and disco. I don't remember. Let me take you through this from the day it began, 1986. You Adrian, Adrian Street, Ted DiBiase, Rick Steiner, Jushin Liger, The Undertaker, all the way through to 1994, 1995. Disco Inferno, <laughs> 1996, NWO, 97, 97. Austin. Nice ninety eight <laughs> Austin. Ninety nine rock. Two thousand Kurt Angle.
1: <laughs> Why?
3: Um, if you've got a bit of time on Twitter, search the phrase
2: in inverted commas, juiced up double lifer, and enjoy my favorite tweet from the AEW community outreach Twitter account. Has definitely <laughs> Just always, gone
3: from two-footed. It's
2: definitely always been there. never anybody else. I didn't what was really cool about it, we should have spotted this. Where this wasn't good wrestling media. I'm not going to say journalism, on our <laughs> part. Because that tweet from the AEW Community Outreach Team was actually sent in 2018, and AEW wasn't launched till 2019, so we sh- we should have been on that. That's on us. Sorry about that, everybody. But they really put him in the mud. <laughs> they got him.
3: <laughs> uh, right, two questions to go. Fingers on buzzers for this one, because I feel oh, yeah. like you're going to know it before I give you the options. Question nine. What is Orange Cassidy's build weight?
2: Hamphlet. Whatever. Yay!
3: Yeah. <laughs> I where's, where's he from? Wherever. Wherever. <laughs> the options for this were going to be whatever, who cares, shrug emoji <laughs> or sigh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I've, I've stacked the deck against you here, Phil. by oh, four. Do you know the final questions? Well, when I read this final question, well, I, yeah, you can. You can <laughs> 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 question ten. Where was Oz built from in WCW? Is it the Land of Oz, the Yellow Brick Road, Emerald City, or Australia?
1: Well, I'm just going to get in there on the off chance that I might get this ever. Emerald City,
3: it hey! was. It's a draw. a <laughs> winner. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you don't, you do, did, really did Australia now. throw you off? <laughs>
2: Football analogy, as we often lean on it. you know those draws that feel more like a defeat? Like, <laughs> Phil's got an equaliser with the last kick of the game, and I should be happy with the With your
3: the p- ex-player, who's just going to celebrate in front of your manager. <laughs> <laughs> I should be happy with the point, but, oh God, well done, Phil. Oh, that was lovely. Five each, all correct answers. Yeah. It's very rare we get something like yeah. that. I'm thrown <laughs> what happens now? we end the podcast oh yeah that's king, what happens the king now the of the black throne aren't you? <laughs> right okay
1: <laughs>
3: let us know on Twitter how you got on with the strange gimmicks quiz <laughs> at whatculture.wwe watch uh, there you can follow all three of us you can follow, follow Phil Chambers at Chambers. you can follow Michael Hampton Michael Hamlet and you can follow Adam Wilborn at Adam Wilborn Follow us all at What Culture WWE as I said and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. I really do encourage people to go and listen to that AEW podcast that we put out yesterday talking about whether going out on the channel in one hour there or, you go, get it on
1: YouTube
3: today. If AEW is in trouble because I feel like we got slightly unnecessary abuse on social media about right? it. But anyway, <laughs> so, so what can possibly go wrong? I'm going comment section. Yeah, there we go. Right, this has been Wrestle Culture. My thanks to Bill Chambers, to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. WrestleCulture is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Wrestling. Wendy.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.